0: Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Ridgeview Church. Happy Sunday, or whenever you are watching this. We are on week three of our series called This Changes Everything. And we're talking about how Jesus' life, his death for our sins, his resurrection, how it makes a difference in like every facet of life. And we we kick this off on Easter. Uh, But we wanna extend the hope in Easter really to every area of life that we find ourselves in. Today we're talking about how Jesus, when we decide to follow him because of what he's done for us and the hope that he gives, how it changes our approach to disappointment. And today we're talking about kind of those things that we have all faced, especially uh, recently. I think I've never been in a moment in my life where this last year that I've been more disappointed by things. Uh, maybe uh, you've you've faced this too. Have you had to change any of your plans? I know we have, we had plans uh, for the church that we had, that we've we've had to shift. We had plans for our uh, family that we had to, to shift. I remember last summer, my daughter just thinking, well, certainly uh, everything with COVID will be done by summer because we need a summer vacation. We need a, like a summer break and things just kept on rolling and you may have faced that same thing. Like you just want to get to this point of normalcy. You want to get to this point maybe where things come together. Uh, whether it's just in your life, things that you've been working on. But what happens in life a lot of times is we have a sense of like an expectation uh, of timing, an expectation of reaching a certain goal or expectation of a relationship being a certain way, and it doesn't happen. Either the timing is, is longer than we thought, or we don't have as much time as we, we had hoped, or this relationship that we had that we really cared about that we thought would be at a certain place, it isn't. And in fact, maybe, maybe it's worse and so today, the, the idea of disappointment is, in every facet of, of our lives, like, what are the, the ways that, that we face that? And So I just want to kind of encourage you right now to think, like, have you been disappointed recently? And just take a moment to think, like, does anything come to mind when I ask that question? Is there any kind of disappointment or sense of, oh, that was, that was so hard, I wish that wouldn't have happened? Just take a moment to think. Because as you think, that will help as we build out uh, the rest of the message. So as you kind of begin to think that, I want to talk about the importance of how we respond to disappointment. Disappointment is inevitable. This message is not about how to avoid disappointment. Because we're going to always face it. But it's how to process it because it's so important. It can either go two ways. Disappointment is a doorway to destruction or greater devotion to God. Now you use the word destruction and it seems like, whoa, that... It's a little too too strong. But as we talk through things today and as we look at the scriptures, you'll find that our attitude to the things that don't go our way really do lead us down a path. And some of those paths, depending on our response, can really cause a lot of problems. So disappointment, it's a doorway to destruction or to really this greater devotion to God. And I want to encourage all of you to not be derailed by disappointment all of us face it, all of us have these things that we think about, and it causes a reaction, but it can so easily de- derail us if we don't process it correctly, if we don't turn to God in the right timing, if we really are left to ourselves to try to figure it out. So I hope today's message will give you a sense of, here. here's how I move forward. Uh, I wanna talk through just briefly uh, two kinds of disappointment. Uh, the first is existential, and, and this is the, the disappointment that says like, it's not enough, like you look at your life and kind of your existence, where you are, what you're doing, your age and stage, and there's just a sense like life is disappointing. Uh, in midlife, we, we tend to call this like a midlife crisis. Uh, you look at the back, your past, and it's like, oh, it's not what I hoped. And then you look to the future and it looks dismal, and you just get to this like place where it's a crisis, like life is not enough. That, that causes a lot of disappointment. And here at Ridgeview, uh, we want to be a community that in the middle of those, those things, those seasons of life where it's hard and it feels like it's bleak and there's a cloud over us, uh, we want to be the type of church that we, we pull into relationships. We, we help each other, we encourage, we love, and we serve. That's the first type of disappointment. The second type is circumstantial. And this is the idea of, this is not what I wanted. Uh, these are obviously based in certain situations that happen. Sometimes just the snap of a finger. We had an expectation. It didn't happen. And we have this circumstantial disappointment. Like, that was not what I wanted. We're going to spend most of the time today talking about that type of disappointment. The Existential, this is not what I want, is actually going to be fleshed out in the rest of this series as we talk a little bit more about discouragement. But today, those circumstances that we have, those things that we wanted to see happen, really cause problems to us if we don't you know, process them uh, correctly so how are some ways that we we face this well some circumstantial disappointment comes from just our mistakes like being disappointed with ourselves like i should have thought about that and i didn't i should have said that and i didn't or i shouldn't have said that i should have kind of bit my tongue and 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 not said that. there's all sorts of things where you maybe replay have you ever had that where you're interacting maybe at job and in a project with people and it's high pressure And then you just look back on the way that you responded and you kind of mull and you process it maybe for hours and sometimes even days wishing that you would have handled it differently. That's that circumstantial disappointment related to like mistakes that we've made. And we all make them. There's another type and that's just the flaws of others. There's disappointment that we experience because of what other people do or say to us. Or we had an expectation that somebody would do something they didn't come through. Maybe they didn't keep uh, their word. And that disappointment, like, this is not what I want. It's related to this other person. And we face that commonly as well. Uh, life is unpredictable. Like this past year, none of us would have predicted uh, that we would have experienced the things that we have, not only with the pandemic and all like the, the things that flowed from there, but just the cultural unrest, the amount of division in our, in our country. And, and even maybe people that that you love and are in your family have so many different opinions. Uh, that can be related to our own and others' mistakes and quirks and leanings, but it also can just be unpredictable of life. Like We don't know how people are going to respond because life changes and things happen that we didn't see coming. Uh, There's also Satan. And here at Ridgeview, and as you dig into the the scripture, the spiritual dimension is real. Satan is real. We have an adversary. If you're a follower of Christ, uh, Satan wants to come against you. And in the scriptures, uh, Paul talks about that. And he talks about his plans and he said, but we wanted to come to you, uh, but Satan hindered us. And there's a, a real person in, in, in Satan and, and he wants to come against us. And he's this force of, of evil, of darkness uh, that wants to thwart our plans. And that, that can lead to disappointment as well. Uh, also, uh, there's this aspect of some disappointment can even be, uh, from God's hand where he closes doors and we don't know why. And that can lead to disappointment. Like we really wanted him to provide in a certain way and he didn't. Uh, we really wanted him to come through and it feels like he, he didn't. And that can be a major source of disappointment. And that can actually lead us again in that response. That could lead us into a really tough place where we begin to question uh, God. We begin to, to wonder. And then some of it God uses for our good. In fact, He uses all of the disappointment for our good as we process it correctly, not as we we turn to Him. But we have to get to a place where we can wrestle with all these things. What I've done, what others do, the unpredictability of life, the enemy that we have in Satan. And then God's hand sovereignly, which means He's seeing everything. He's in control. How can He use this, you know, for my good? And so I want to talk about kind of this response paradigm. And there's like three tracks that we can respond to disappointment. Again, all of it will happen. And there's this anticipation we have for something and then it it doesn't happen. That leads to this disappointment. And there's three tracks. And the, really summarized with like these three approaches. The first is you, you know we can get mad. Uh, the second is we can get sad. Or the third is we can trust God. And usually when we face disappointment, we can experience all of those at the same time and then we have to push through. Or... We can experience all of those at the same time. And then we choose the track that we want. And so I, I hope from today, you'll get a sense of how do I move beyond the sad, beyond the mad to this place where I can trust God. Those emotions are normal. All of us have to deal with the emotion of disappointment. But I hope today will encourage you to kind of have this short response to that so that you can move to this place where, okay, I'm going to turn to God in this. I'm not going to wallow. I'm not going to build up my anger. But I'm going to trust God. So choose your track. Three response tracks to disappointment. Here's uh, an image of this that you can see uh, on your screen. I hope this will give you a sense. And you'll see like there's an upward track, a downward track, and then a track that, that goes through. And we're going to be going through each of those. And I want to start with the first track that goes from the anticipation to being disappointed. And all tracks go through this. We anticipate something to happen, and then we get disappointed when it doesn't. So all of that is normal. Each track follows that and the emotion that comes. But notice what happens, and this is what we're gonna go over as those emotions kind of take over. So let's start with the anger track. This is the energy goes up. We're anticipating, we're disappointed. And then we respond in, in anger. And this kind of starts with just this sense of resentment, and you can see that uh, we all deal with that. Like I, I resent that this happened, and I'm frustrated that this happened. This isn't right that it happened, and we all have to deal with the resentment. A lot of times, that can be the circumstances. A lot of times, we can resent people. We can be frustrated. We can hold grudges. All of these things happen, and it leads to kind of a sense of, of bitterness that we have. Uh, you know, we, we just get that angry and, and, and it leads to that that rebellious and we get to this point a lot with God too. Like we get disappointed and then we get resentful and we start asking questions and these questions usually don't help because we don't really know the answer. And because we don't know the answer, that's where we get into this 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 anger. And then because this anger is building, it, it actually leads us to rebellion what you find in both the sad and the mad tracks, the end is rebellion. So when I talk about the destruction, it's a doorway to destruction or greater devotion. If you go the sad way or the, the angry way, that rebellion is just lurking. That, that just kind of like willingness to bail. Um, you may be here and you're having a hard time praying. You, have you experienced that before? I, I have. Where you're just having a hard time turning to God. Like your relationship seems impersonal. He seems distant. And a lot of times it's because there's things that you wanted to happen that hasn't. And that resentment has kind of been built in your heart. And you may have just had a hard time praying and it's like, I I can't, I'm, I'm prayed out. I don't know if you've ever heard anyone say that or you yourself say it, but it's like, I prayed out. Which is basically saying, it's not worth it. And we have thoughts like this. I'm, I'm done being good because look where, where it's gotten me. I'm done being good. And we start to replay all the things that we, did for the right reasons in the right way and it didn't work out or I've been doing good and look how bad things are and you start to get into it's not fair which is an enemy thought the enemy wants us to think that a lot it's not fair because then we begin to to again kind of feel sorry for ourselves and then we want to respond well if that's not fair I'm going to make it fair and that's how we get off track another thought is I I deserve a little pleasure I I need a, a little break from all the rules that all begins in that resentment that gets into that anger we begin to question our life question others question god question everything and then again it leads us to that well i'm going to do things on my own terms in fact these are how most movies are made these tracks the anger <laughs> and the sad these are so many plots of stories because they're they're actually plots of our lives they're the same story that we see life hits us and it's hard and we all have a choice and if you don't, at that moment where resentment starts, if you don't handle that rightly with others, those that you may resent, or you don't handle that rightly with, with God, again, you, you begin to just kind of go off the rails. Like, I'm going to do it on my own terms, on my own timing. And you, you can bail. And I, I've seen that through the years in ministry as a pastor. People who just decide, like, I'm done with church. It, it didn't help. I'm done with God. He didn't answer me. But if you were to kind of retrace all of that, it starts with that they wanted something to happen. They had an expectation. And at that disappointment, they got into that resentment, which led to that anger, which led to them bailing. And you could just trace it. It's almost very similar. Multiple people, multiple backgrounds, but I've seen it. And so this is, this is real. We all have to watch out for this. So that's the anger track. The second is the discouragement track. So the anger track, the energy goes up. There's this sense of like, I've got to do something. And you just run to get what you want on your own terms. And you, you'll kind of run over people. That's kind of what anger does. Like in that fury, you'll get what you want. The discouragement track is the opposite. The energy actually goes down. And you'll see that on the image there. Again, we anticipate we get into disappointment. And then when we get disappointed, we get into to just this, this sadness. And sadness is, is the sense of like, we've lost heart. We've lost motivation. And, you know, again, we, we kind of get into these these questions. And then once we get into the sadness, like we, we lose heart. When you lose heart over a period of time, like where it's not just like, oh, that was hard and then you, you move on, but if that was hard and you get into this sadness and feeling really down that leads to discouragement and that gets into like this deeper and deeper uh, sadness oftentimes we're consumed by replays of what has happened Uh, specifically once that energy part goes down you get into the sadness and discouragement Uh, if you've messed up what you continue to do is, is just you replay all the things that you did that was wrong And you can replay things from your past, from years ago. You can replay things that happened last week. You can replay things that happened yesterday. All these things can come to you a lot. And it leads to the sadness and then deeper and deeper sadness, which leads to this discouragement. And then notice what happens again. Once you're lost heart and you don't think it's worth it anymore, you actually kind of just let go of your responsibilities. Again, that's one of the attacks of the enemy. He wants you to lose heart to the point where you have questions like this. Like God, God doesn't, he doesn't love me. He, he loves them more than me because look at their life. And we get into comparison. I, sh- I should just quit. I should just stop. Like it's not worth it. Another thoughts: like like no one likes me. No one cares about me. The comparison can just consume us. I feel so, so bad. I just need to, to feel good for a little bit. And a lot of times once you get in that discouragement, that's where you can actually turn to, to substance abuse. I just need something. The energy goes way down. What do we need? We need something to pick us up. That could be drugs. That could be alcohol. That could be sex. That could be just things that we just do, again, to please ourselves. I feel so down. I just need to feel better. And so we still take life in our own hands. But because we're down, we just look for anything that will pick us up. But oftentimes what you find is if you go into those things to pick you up, you actually spiral further and further and further. And the enemy, again, he just wants to continue. Oh, you thought that was going to help? Now you're even worse. You always make the same mistakes. And then you think to your head, well, yeah, I always make the same mistakes. I am never get past this. I can never move ahead. And we replay and the sadness and the sadness and the discouragement and then the rebellion continues to build. We're going to talk more about this discouragement next week. This is something that I think so many of us battle. I myself, I've had to really hand this over to God. Discouragement in my own mind, in my life, it can just weigh you down. And so we're going to talk about that more next week. I hope you can join us. But it's in the middle of this disappointment When you're on that kind of edge of like the path, do I go up in anger? Do I go down in sadness? That it's in the disappointment that it becomes an opportunity to experience God's help where you don't have to go up and you don't have to go down. Again, the emotions will come, but that brings the third track. What should we do? And this is the faith track and our energy goes forward because when you go up in anger, Things explode and then it settles down when you go down in sadness you're not making progress you just keep spiraling so that picture is helpful for me because we all want to move forward we want to make progress well you can't through anger and you can't through sadness the only way you move forward is is through faith and you'll see the image there i got disappointed from what i anticipated now i can trust and thank god i need to ask for help And then I need to move on. Now, those are easy in a box to look at and read, but it's very difficult to live out. So I want to do is I want to just give you an acrostic that's been helpful in my life to kind of remind myself of how to process things that I'm disappointed by, whether it's myself or others, life, sometimes even my disappointments of God. And the acrostic is yield, Y-I-E-L-D. And the first is to actually yield to God's will. So the acrostic is yield, and the first point is to yield to God's will. And I want to kind of walk through some scriptures here, which I hope will help you. How do I move forward in faith from disappointment? And this is James 4. It says, Come now, who you say, today or tomorrow we will go into such and such a town and spend a year there and trade and make a profit. Yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. And then it goes on. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast in your arrogance. All such boasting is evil. We love to plan And even if you're not a planner, you love to know what's going to happen. We all do. And we build expectations. And we just predict how life will flow. As humans, God's given us this ability. We plan and organize and communicate in ways that nothing created does like us. And so that's good that we make progress. The issue is what happens in our progress, and this idea of being progressive is, is that we begin to think that we know more than God. We begin to think that we actually don't need God. So when you yield to God's will, it's this reminder, like the passage is saying, like, be very careful to lay out your life and think that everything's going to happen that you want. Life doesn't work like that. Instead, you have to get to this point where you enter this new phrase, and the phrase is, if the Lord wills or, or Lord willing. Lord willing, we will get to do this. Lord willing, that, that will come through. It's the sense of like, you know, I'm not gonna process and plan my life independent from God. Actually, he, he's holding this together. It, it like flows through his hands. So if, if the Lord wills, it will happen. That's a place of, of great faith. And that's how you, you move forward. That's that trust aspect. I'm gonna trust God. If the Lord wills. And if he doesn't, it, it won't. And then you're actually putting really the, this great respect to God. Like, I trust you, God. You, you know what's best. You know what's best for me and my family. Even if the hard things come and I'm disappointed, the Lord has allowed that to happen. And, and he will use that for my good. That's what we talked about last week. And so that, that idea of like, you know, I'm not going to process my life and plan my life outside of God. I'm actually going to yield it to him. And if he wills it, things will happen. And if he doesn't, I trust him. It's very important. That's the first, that's the why. The next is to identify what's real. And this is just the idea of when disappointment comes, sometimes we're swirling, whether it's the anger, the sadness, the discouragement, the resentment. And we just need to identify what's actually going on and what's real. And chaos ensues and we can begin to just kind of go off tangents and just get really off track. And so we need to identify that, you know, God, God's still with us and he's still providing. Even there's this disappointment. I can't negate all that he's provided in my life, all the way he's come through. And it's so easy, like in the latest disappointment, you just magnify it, right? And as you magnify the disappointment, what happens? Well, What happens when you magnify something? It becomes bigger. And then you, you keep seeing it because It's bigger. And then it keeps being magnified and magnified. And before you know it, the disappointment is all you see. When you identify what's real, you're magnifying God. And you're thanking Him for all the ways that He's come through. So you can see, yielding to God's will, if the Lord's will, He's going to make this happen or not. And I trust Him. And then I'm, I'm, I'm going to thank Him. And the way that I thank Him is I can't magnify my disappointments. I actually have to magnify Him in my life. I have to keep turning to Him, asking for help, praying in the moment can identify what's real here. I can't just focus on my disappointment. If you do, it just gets bigger. A scripture that's helpful for me is Psalm 16. It says, I know the Lord is always with me. I will not be shaken for he is right beside me. No wonder my heart is glad and I rejoice. My body rests in safety. So our circumstance could be shaky. The world could be shaky. Our plans could be shaky. And it feels like we can't, we can't move forward because everything's shaking. But actually, God is not shaken. He's not shaken by anything that happens in our life or the world. Nothing shakes Him. He's the rock. He's the shelter. He's this, these, this refuge. And that's why we can ask Him for help. So we yield to God's will. We identify what's real. And then it's the E. We, we need to enjoy what we have now. And I've already, already mentioned this. You have to go from magnifying the disappointment to, to magnifying the good things. Ecclesiastes says this, enjoy what you have rather than desiring what you don't have. Just dreaming about nice things is meaningless, like chasing the wind. Recently, um, this last week, I was in a Panera working where I do, it's one of my offices, and a mom and her two kids uh, were eating lunch kind of at a table nearby, and the mom had ordered food for her, for her daughter. And she ordered some, some mac and cheese, uh, but she had ordered it with broccoli like moms do and parents do. If we want kids to eat their vegetables, we, we put it into food and we figure out creative ways to do that. And so the broccoli was in this, this macaroni and cheese. And this girl, she was probably about six or seven. This girl's face, when she just went from this like delight of eating this mac and cheese to seeing this green, ugly vegetable called broccoli on top and the look of disappointment. I really wanted to go over and say, hey, I'm gonna be speaking about disappointment on Sunday. Could I take a picture of your daughter? But that would probably freak out everyone in the family. But she just couldn't hide her disappointment and she didn't eat it. And she just was looking solemn at her mom the whole time. Like, why why did you order that? I didn't want this. Why did you order that? Just kept questioning and questioning. And I thought that was a great picture of what happens to all of us. It's it's normal, but she couldn't enjoy what she had because there was a part of it, it wasn't what she wanted. And she didn't think like, how could I enjoy some of this? And maybe I should try it. She didn't even try it. And I think that represents a lot of life. It's not exactly how we want. So we just throw it all out. It's not as I planned. It's not as, as I pictured. Our plans and our picture, man, they're so strong pulls. But Ecclesiastes is saying, you know what? We need to enjoy what we have rather than that dreaming. I think that's such a great picture. It's like, oh, we're just dreaming. I wish it was like this. Well, it's not. And you, you have to move on. You have to trust. You have to thank God for what he's given. And then there's a sense of, okay, I got to keep asking for help. And then I got to move on. I got to get there. I got to keep progress. And that needs, leads to the next part of the acrostic of yield. That's the L. Learn from what happened. There's things in your life and my life, disappointments, that are related to us in our choices. One of the best things you and I can do is to learn from them. Here's what it says in Proverbs twenty six eleven. This is like one of those like, whoa, that's like a strong uh, verse. This is a strong proverb. Check this out. It says, like a dog that returns to his vomit is a fool who repeats his folly. Last week, I talked about how emotions are like a dog that's not trained and they just run crazy. Well, now the Proverbs speaking specifically about a dog it's just saying like a dog that could return to his vomit to check it out, which is absolutely disgusting, is like a fool who returns to its folly. Basically, it's saying as a dog, vomits and goes back to it. You look at it and you say, you're crazy. That makes no sense. Does the dog have a brain? And what the proverb is saying is when we keep making the same mistakes and never learn and we keep making the same mistakes, we're just like the dog. It makes no sense, but why do we do it? It's because there's a shift that's happened in all of us. And we think experience is our greatest teacher. And we we even have have statements like, well, this is just life, I, I have to roll with it. But experience isn't the greatest teacher. Evaluated experience is the greatest teacher. That is, what did I learn from the experience? What did I do that led to this happening? Whether good or bad. What did others do? It's this idea you have to ask questions. You have to debrief uh, with yourself. You have to make connections. You have to get input. I had this experience. I'm in the middle of it. This is problem. It's chaotic. There's a conflict. Well, you don't just want to keep having that experience and say, well, this is, I'm learning. No, you have to keep having the experience because you haven't learned. And so to learn from disappointment means that you take a step back and you ask questions. Was there things that I did that set myself up? Did I get into the anger and resentment? Did I get into the sadness and discouragement? And and why? You begin to ask questions and just keep playing it out. Take it down the path of the decision-making process. We all make decisions based on what's important to us out of our values and out of our perspective. When it blows up, when things blow up in your life, Don't just look at the the carnage and say like, well, I can learn from the carnage. Ask why. Why did that happen? If you do that, you can make a lot of progress. And in the middle of what you do, and as you do that, and as you process, that's where you ask God for help. God, can you give me clarity? Can you help me see what I'm not seeing? Can you bring things that are hidden just into the light so I can see? Even if it's in my own life, and you may have to get input from others. Otherwise, people... Things may be unraveling and blowing up. You don't need to keep experiencing that over and over for you to learn. You may only have to experience it once. And then as you evaluate it, you make a different choice. And that takes you down this path forward instead of going up or going down. And then the last yield is is just to do right. So we're trusting God. We're, we're, We're thanking Him. If the Lord wills this, We don't magnify our disappointment. We magnify God. We look to Him for help. We ask Him for help. We evaluate. And then there's just the sense where we have to move on. We have to move forward. And that's to do right. That's why this process is always about the energy goes forward. We're not going to just outburst and just shoot up in our emotions of anger. And we're not going to wallow and spiral down in sadness and discouragement, which ultimately both tracks just lead us off track to rebellion. Instead, we're gonna, we're gonna move on in faith. And the last part of the James passage that I read in verse 17 says, so whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it for him, it is sin. So the picture is, if the Lord wills, this will happen. And, and there could be a sense in life where it's like, well, I don't know what God has. I don't know what God wants. And we just stay like paralyzed or we're passive or we're lazy. So I love how the, the end of that verse is saying, But as you trust God, you still need to move forward. If you know what you need to do, you need to do it. If you know what's right and you don't do it, it's sin. If you know you need to move forward and you don't move forward, it's sin. We are called to make a difference in this world. And it doesn't mean it's going to be absent of disappointment. In fact, some of the greatest encouragement we can be for others is in the disappointments in our life, we continue to move forward and trust God. We don't get sidetracked. We don't run away. We don't become passive or lazy. Proverbs twenty four sixteen it says the godly may trip seven times, but they will get up again. Do you know how many times I've been disappointed just for my, myself because of stupid decisions I've made? So many times. But the proverb is saying is like, again, the godly are going to still fall and life's still going to hit them. The enemy's still going to come. They're still going to screw up. People are still going to wrong them. There's no difference. But then the last part says, but one disaster is enough to overthrow the wicked. So if you want to build resilience of faith, what you do is you keep taking your next step towards God. That's how you actually build faith in your life. That's how you move forward. You don't go up, you don't go down, you go forward. So I I want to encourage you. There's things that probably God has been teaching you and telling you over the last few weeks or maybe months. My question for you is, have you done it? Has God laid someone on your heart to reach out to and you've not done it? Confess and say, God, you told me to do this and I didn't do it. Will you forgive me and then do it today? Is there a change that you need to make in a relationship? And you know God's saying like that's wrong the way you're acting or your relationship is wrong and, and you need to make a shift. You need to do it. And yes, you may be disappointed and we all face that, but you need to do what's right. It's God calling you to commit your life to Him. And you know you just get to get point where you surrender and you give your whole life. If you're not willing to surrender and bow your knee, make that decision. You need to do it. We always are waiting. Because we're, we're so afraid of more disappointment. But when you move forward with God, He will take care of you. You may fall, but He will not allow you to be crushed And he will pick you up and he will dust you off. He is a good God. So as I wrap up, here's some next steps. But even more important than these next steps, what is God wanting you to do? You need to do it. And I encourage you in that. Here's some next steps. Determine your default track. And do you respond with anger or or sadness or resentment? And just kind of ask that question like, Does my energy go up in anger or does it go down in discouragement? Take some time. Maybe evaluate your recent disappointments that I had you think through at the beginning. Take some time to do that. It's so helpful. It's your life. Process it. Talk about it with God. Reach out to us. Let us know on your connection card. We we want to help you as well as you process it, as you think through your next steps. Second, write out your, your recent disappointments and go through the yield process with them. So what what have you faced that you've been disappointed by and begin that process? Okay, I'm gonna yield this to God's will. I'm gonna identify what's, what's real. I'm gonna focus on enjoying what I have. I wanna learn from it. And then I wanna do what's right. I encourage you, work through that process. And then the last thing is do something redemptive this week. Redemptive meaning take that step that I mentioned that God has told you to do. Do it. It could just be a simple thing. Like, help somebody. Sometimes that sadness and the anger, we just wallow in it. And sometimes you just need to push through and do something right to help, to serve, to love, to bridge. Invite somebody to church. Like, your life is, just feels like it's just spiraling, but maybe just what you need to do is just get outside yourself. Look to the interests of others. And that actually has a way of healing us. So I encourage you to take that next step. Do what God has called you to do. I invite you next week, come back as we talk further about how to enjoy God in the middle of discouragement, how to push through and fight through it. So I hope you'll join us next week. Thank you guys so much uh, for being here this morning. Let's pray together. God, you are good and you are our help. And as disappointment comes, which it will come to all of us, we don't have to worry that you will bail on us or leave us hanging out to dry. You, you really do take care of us. God, I pray for the people listening right now that you'll really help them to process their disappointments, their sadness, their anger, their resentment, their discouragement. And God, I, I pray that all of us will yield to your will, that we'll turn to you, that we'll trust you and thank you and ask for help and then move forward to do what's right. God, if anyone just needs help, they feel stuck, God, will you just give them courage to reach out, to ask for it? We ask this in the name of Jesus Christ, amen.